The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Friday edition of the Source of Truth podcast. And we're glad you're with us on this Friday. I would say happy Friday and I'd also say happy Good Friday as we come to the Easter weekend and we look ahead to this tonight and to everything else, not necessarily just what we have structured in our program and what we hope God will do in our midst over the next three days, but really what it means, the core of all that we hold to when it comes to what Jesus did and his substitutionary death upon the cross that, excuse me, that we will evaluate tonight. Um, Saturday as we take time to love on our community and hopefully encourage them and then went Sunday as we evaluate the power of the fact that he overcome the, overcame the grave and that he is alive today and what, what does that mean for me? What does that mean not just for me for Christianity? What does that mean for every part of my, our life? And so these next couple of days uh, I really hope you'll be, in, be involved. You can make it to church. Please join us on, in person. Make this an opportunity to be here tonight. Be here uh, Sunday morning if you're volunteering or you've got kids. Bring them tomorrow on our property. Um, we're hoping we have plenty. We have uh, just under 5,000 eggs we want to give away. And we start off the whole thing with a great Easter story right in the auditorium and then send the kids out to different parts of our property. And uh, we just look forward to God doing some neat things over the weekend. And uh, we thank him for it. And, but right now we're going to take a couple, couple minutes and evaluate. I mentioned yesterday as we started a two-part on this part in Ecclesiastes 5, where we talked about how it's so fitting in the aspect of Easter and, and what a lot of times people will go to church and evaluate that it gives us a little bit of an understanding of the heart. Remember yesterday we mentioned that Solomon kind of takes a, a break from all of the teaching on the vanities and emptiness of a world without God. And he takes a bit, he talks about my heart when I go to church. And yesterday he really gave us a, a serious breakdown about the idea that I need to go with a heart of worship. I need to go with anticipation. I need to go setting aside my own desires, my own plans, my own hopes, and my own opinions and go to church and just wait and see what God teaches me. I need to take it seriously. Uh, and, and it's not the more serious I am, the more spiritual I am, but I just set aside and I listen to what God has for me. That was the key he kept saying, to stop talking and listen, set aside things, and what is God teaching me today? And then he goes on, because once we start listening, hopefully, Lord willing, there's something that will take place in, and I, I care for use the term church experience, but that's it. In the time that I'm at church and I experience the singing and the preaching and all that, I'm hoping that God, through his Holy Spirit, will teach me and not only teach me, will compel me to make some decisions based upon what I hear. The, Bible's, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it simply says, piercing even the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and the discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And simply, the word of God digs down deep and it begins to help me to see where I need to grow, where I need to change. And that's one of the reasons I go to church. I go to learn about the word of God, but if I learn about the word of God, but I don't let the word of God change me, then I'm not really doing anything. Just knowing the Bible, the Bible says knowledge puffs up. Knowing the Bible can make me one of the most intelligent carnal people on the earth. It doesn't make a difference. I, knowledge of scripture does not do anything for me. It is when I allow that knowledge to become part of who I am and change me. And that's what we're gonna talk about for the next couple of minutes. Go on, go with me to Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse four. Solomon's continuing in his thought about worship. He says in verse four, when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay with that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and not pay. 
Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin, neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words there are also diverse or diverse vanities, but fear thou God. I think you can sum up the first seven verses in that last phrase, but fear thou God. I, I understand the idea of reverence, and sometimes what we do is we take the fe- word fear and we use the term reverence, which is respect and reverence, and somehow we get the idea that because now it's fear and reverence, I can come to church and I don't have to reverence. I don't have to be respectful or reverence of what's going on. I, you know, we come to church and we play on our phones, or we fall asleep, we do all these other things. We don't take that time seriously. And that's what he's talking about. When I come to church, I need to understand that this is a place that God, one, God has ordained the church, the institution of the church, and he's ordained it. And then he even says later, one of my favorite verses is he uses the foolishness of preaching. You see, why would that be your favorite verse? Well, because I'm the preacher. And even on my bad days, God can still use that. So he ordains the institution of the church, and then he uses the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise, the Bible says. So those who find themselves intelligent in the world or wise in these things. It, it is that preacher who God will work through to teach me, hopefully to teach, and to through preaching to inspire me, to challenge me. And so we come to these, I should fear the Lord. So he's giving an idea. So he's, he gets the heart of coming to worship. Then he says something. Now, in, in our day and culture, what we say at the end of each message, we have what we call an invitation, and we compel people to make decisions based upon the information they have been given. For some of them, we're going to call them to consider calling upon Jesus for salvation, the best decision you will ever make. Uh, you don't have to understand all the details. What you need to understand is that, you, that Jesus is the only way to heaven. He is God. You are a sinner, and you're willing to repent of your sin and turn to him. That's simplistic, but that's, that's the gospel in a nutshell. And then you come to him, and he will give you salvation that you cannot earn. It is given by grace. And that change in life begins a, a lifelong process of change. So that is the gospel in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it, but a gospel in a nutshell. So the first thing we encourage people to do is consider calling upon Jesus that first decision. But as Christians, we compel people to make decisions. How, you know, how do I live in Christ? What do I do with my finances? How do I act as a husband, as a wife at home? How do I act as a child? How do I, how do I respond to the people I work with? How do I respond to the poor? How do I respond to the government? How do, how do, I, how do I live in my private time? And we could go on and on and on about all the things that God teaches us. Am I honest? Am I ethical? All these things. And the Word of God has given us an instruction book for today that helps us. And so when we come, God challenges us, one, to be in the Word of God more, to be in church more, to dedicate, commit ourselves to Him. And so what He say, what we do at the end is we challenge people to take from what they've been given from the preaching that day and to decide, what am I going to do with the information I have been given? There's, there's the truth of the Word of God, there's the understanding of the Word of God, and then there's the implication of what that means to me. And when I get that implication, what am I going to do with that personal truth? And that sometimes implication is not easy. Man, if I, if I take this, man, i got to make some major changes. So the first thing he does say is, don't be rash in these decisions. He said, when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. Be careful that you do pay it, for he that hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. When I'm making a decision, here's the key, don't take it lightly. If God begins to speak, here's the one thing. If God is not speaking to your heart about something, don't put on a front just because it looks good. Too many times what we do in all kinds of different levels of Christendom and church and religion, what we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to come in and say, this is what church looks like. I want to be accepted, so i got to fit in. 
So we begin to look like them and dress like them and do our hair like them and talk like them. And so what we've done is we put on a front, but none of it's real. And then we will start making decisions or commitments like them. That's an emptiness. It's that, that, that kind of goes back to the first three verses. When I come with a heart that's ready to hear from God, it doesn't matter what I look like, doesn't matter what I sound like, I come letting God speak to me because he's going to speak to me differently than someone else. Someone who's new to church or new to Christianity is going to hear things different than I will because I've been saved for a longer period of time. So when I hear these things, don't don't become a Don't say what you have to say or make the decisions because I want to fit into church. No, I do this because the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. Now, understanding speaking to me, he doesn't speak audibly, but he uses the Word of God and preaching and teaching to begin to say, man, I need to do that. So when God has brought that into my life, now I have the decision, am I going to do, I'm mean, today I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to commit to you, I'm going to decide today to do this. Am I going to, or am I just saying this because it looks good? That's, that's really the key. So, but when God works, by the way, when God works in our heart and we commit and we say, I'm going to do this, God will then give us the grace and the victory to do that and will literally change us from the inside out. Let's continue to look at a couple of the verses in verse 5. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and not pay. So he's saying, listen, until you're really ready in your spiritual life to make the decision that God has put upon your heart, wait. Wait until it happens. And then when you're ready to make the decision, make it and then follow through. It's part of faith. It's the whole part of faith, understanding where I'm at, the decision to change, and then the process of doing it. That's the entire process we're looking at. And that's what I look at. Realize where I'm at, make the change, and then follow through with it. And when I am at the part of my Christian life when I'm ready and willing to do that, then I do it. But it's better to wait until I'm ready to do it. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Don't just say something because it sounds good or because you think people want you to believe that. Neither say thou before the angel was an error. One day, well, you know, it was just a mistake. I really didn't know what I was doing. Wherefore, should God be angry? Catch this at thy voice and destroy the work of thy hands. That's just a scary thought. That if we kind of play at this church thing and we're faking it, we're not being real, we're not, ta- and again, it just comes down to the first three verses. We're not taking what's happening in church seriously. We're using the religious idea for me. Maybe I can get something from this church or I can feel better. I'm not letting God do the work. Be careful because God takes this, this church thing very seriously. So he says, for the multitude of dreams and many words, we talked about the idea that it's just kind of an openness. We're just kind of saying whatever comes to our mind. There is also diverse vanities, but fear thou God. Don't go to church with an emptiness to say things and look right and act right and put on the right churchy front. Don't do that. Go to church and say, God, I'm going to remain quiet in what I think is going to happen. I'm not necessarily quiet in church, but I'm going to go and I'm just going to quiet my heart so that I can hear what God has for me. I'm not going to come in mad or angry. I'm not going to come in, you know, with all of the things that consume my life. I'm going to let church be the time where I have one hour or so when I give it to God and I learn. And then when I come with this openness and I let God begin to speak to my heart and God speaks to my heart and the gospel begins to change me from the inside out and I become who God wants me to be, which is a better version of myself for me and everyone else around, that's when it becomes exciting and awesome. And may God begins to change me and he makes me who he wants me to be. Not me conforming to a religious look. And that's really what it is. Don't come in conforming to a religious look because it's empty and, oh, it's frustrating because it's, you can't do it. You just can't do it. You don't get the victory. When God is changing you from the inside out, man, it's powerful. It's victorious. It's freeing. That's what he's talking about here. Come with a heart to let God do the work and not try to put on a religious front. Let me tell you, if you've ever come to church and you try to put on and look churchy, it's so frustrating. It's so empty. But when you come and you're ready to hear from God and God speaks to you, it's powerful. It is literally life-changing if you allow it to be. And it'll free you. 
and it'll offer you what he desires, relationship and power and freedom in your Christian journey. Well, again, thanks for joining us on this Good Friday. Uh, we hope you join us tonight, seven o'clock. Again, if, if you're unable to make it in person, we are live streaming both this Friday service and Sunday morning service, but we would encourage you, if you can, make it. Make it Friday in service. Something powerful about being surrounded by other Christians. And we invite you to be here tonight, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And we will not have an evening service Sunday, but we invite you to one of these two. And if you can't make it in person, we'd love to have it join us online. We really hope it'll be a powerful week and encouragement to you. We love you. Thank you for the privilege we have to be part of your life. We hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you again on Monday.